Welcome to Season 4 and Episode 2 of the Beached White Male Podcast, and I'm your host, Ken Kemp. Today, I've got Dr. Chandra McDonald, and we're going to talk about academic survival. That's right, we're taking a little different tack as we open the year 2023. It's been a while now since I was in the classroom, but I'll tell you, I know a lot of folks who ought to be there, who want to be there, and who are there struggling to make it all work. If it's not you, you know somebody who is there. And that's why I want you to hear my good friend, Chandra McDonald. She is a fellow podcaster now and a student success strategist. But it hasn't always been easy for Chandra. Like I, There was never a doubt for me that I was going to graduate from high school. Like That was never a doubt. Um, my ability to read was never gonna was never gonna hinder me from from graduating from high school, but once I got into college, the pace and the volume of work, I was like, I, in order for me to actually comprehend this, I have to slow it down, and I I, I just I didn't think I could do it. Ah uh, yes, but you've probably guessed by now that Chandra did. She is doctor. Chandra McDonald. She's taken it all the way from high school to bachelor's degree to master's degree and now to her doctorate. And she's got a passion now to help others get there too. Well, I want to welcome you today to the Beach White Male podcast. I'm so glad you're here. You know by now that this is a place where people tell their stories of awakenings. And not only has Chandra experienced her own but she wants others to find those aha moments where the light turns on. So I think you're going to enjoy this conversation with my good friend. So I hope you'll stay with us right here on the Beached White Male Podcast. I've really been looking forward to having Dr. Chandra McDonald on my podcast. And today, we're going to talk about academic survival. The two of us met on a civil rights tour of the South back in 2019. As she says it, Chandra's strategy took her from clueless to cum laude. We're going to talk about the unique challenges facing students with academic ambitions. And we're going to explore Chandra's powerful personal story. As I said, she's earned three college degrees, a Bachelor of Science in Criminal Justice, a Master of Public Administration, and a Doctor of Public Administration. She entered federal service under the Outstanding Scholars Program, served as an adjunct professor, and she appears often as a guest lecturer. She's the author of a very helpful book. It's called Academic Survival, Simple Strategies for Improving Your Grades. She's a contributing author in a textbook that is used in government. So we're going to talk about those goals that for too many seem unattainable. Not for Chandra. All right then, enough for me. Let's get to my conversation with Dr. Chandra McDonald. All right, everybody, just like I promised, I have Dr. Chandra McDonald on the line. Welcome to the Beast White Male podcast, Chandra McDonald. I'm so glad you're here. Yay! 
Thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you for taking time with me, Chandra. We've had a great friendship, but you know, your voice is going to be familiar to uh, to my listeners, particularly those who got into that wonderful series I I was blessed to do. Uh, we called it Truth Quest, and every one of those six episodes starts with the voice of Chandra McDonald saying, and can you do it for me? Just give me a little of that opener. Do you remember? Welcome to Truth Quest with your host, Ken Kemp. <laughs> See, there That's it is. It. <laughs> you, and it was so much fun. I mean, we knew each other pretty well, and I forget exactly how we tripped over this thing, but I found out that you like to do voiceovers, and you're a podcaster now. So when did you kind of discover that you actually had a, a voice for uh, for quality audio? <laughs> Okay, well, um, let's see. I, 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 I did something when I was really little. Um, I used to have wow. a show that, no um, way. yeah, that, yeah, as a matter of fact, it, it wasn't a show that, <laughs> that I distributed to anyone. It was just me <laughs> and one of my friends. And, oh, I hope um, it's out there. I hope we can still hear it. What, what was it about? You're a little girl. What did you do? So, um, we used to have a, well, I used to have a recorder, the old school recorder where you had to hit like play and record at the same time and then like load the tape deck on top and slam it down. I remember those. Yeah. Like the so ca- I cassette have, tape, cassette tape thing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I used to, um, have a show that today would probably be called a podcast, but it wasn't called that then. And it was just, um, the, the show was called The Farting Frogs. The- yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. Did I hear that right? Yeah. The farting frog. The farting, the farting frog. So as you can imagine, <laughs> we, we were in elementary school. <laughs> and my friend used to have one of those things, I think it's called a whoopee cushion, where you fill it up with air and oh, then so you sit had on the, it. Oh, so you had the actual sound effects. You were doing the sound yeah. effects. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Like now today, today's podcast, you have you, you can hit buttons and get air horns. No, 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 no. We had to blow up the the, 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 the whoopee cushion thing and the then sit cushion. on it. it. We had to sit on it in order to record <laughs> the sound. And then, so, yeah. of course, the laughter of you two girls and whoever else was within the vicinity, yeah. that's, that's kind of what made it. Yeah. But, um, but recently I had, um, two different people on, a co- on two separate occasions. I had, um, a coach tell me, like, we were, we were in a meeting on a Zoom meeting and, and in the, uh, he DM'd me during the, the meeting and he's like, when are you going to start your podcast? And I was like, I never said I was going to start a podcast. Like, why is he sending me this message? And then I was working with the sound engineer for uh, trying to get some my space my space suitable for um, doing voiceover work. And while he was walking me through a number of things, he was like, "By the way, you have a really good podcasting voice." I was like, "Really? Why do you say that?" He's like, "Yes, it's very clear." And he just went on and and, and gave me some some information about my voice. And I was like, "Huh? Okay." Well, and, and years ago, I'd always wanted to do a podcast, but I didn't have a subject. When I say years ago, I want to say when podcasting, um, before it got to be what it is today, I was like, I want a show. I just don't know what to talk about, but I totally want a show. <laughs> now I have something to talk <laughs> And you about. have one. And you yeah. have one now. And, and, you know, that's just, that's just, that is so cool. And, and he was right. You've got a, you've got a beautiful voice. And, um, and I, I never really, I I, I kind of always want to do a podcast. I mean, I I've always 
enjoyed, um, you know, listening to, you know, people do, uh, tell stories and things like that. And I kind of thought of myself as I want to be a storyteller. Mm-hmm. But you might remember because we met each other through the civil rights tour and the center for racial reconciliation uh-huh. over there. We, we went on a tour together a couple of years ago. Uh, but you remember Mark Chase, our friend, Mark Chase, whenever yes. we get on one of those group calls, he always introduces me as radio Ken and <laughs> it makes me laugh. So I give him a little WMBI AM and FM in Chicago. Which is a <laughs> radio station of my Bible school in Chicago way back oh, in the day. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, okay, well, we're going to talk about that podcast today. We're going to get into your background and especially the subject matter of your podcast. So I'm really looking forward to this chat. Me too. Thank you. Because there's so many things that we that we talk about. In fact, I remember... I remember talking a little bit about the FAA in those early days for you, but you've you've gone on to do a whole lot of things. And in addition to uh, your 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 work and your profession, you have um, uh, you've gone on and you've you've been a you've been a real uh, uh, a person of accomplishment in the academic arena. And we're going to get into some of those particulars. But you've also developed a real passion for helping people achieve in that world. And you've come up with a podcast, and it's uh, and you've just launched it, and we want to promote the heck out of that thing today, uh, because it's uh, it, I think it's a great thing that you're doing. You call it academic survival. Let's start there, Chandra. How did you come up with that idea? Well, um, as far as with the title of the of the podcast, yeah, the whole concept. Okay. Hey, I'm going to show you something. I know your guests won't be able to see it, but I'm going to show you something. Look at that. Yes, that is that's a book by Chandra L. McDonald, Acad- <laughs> Academic Survival. So I wrote a book called Academic Survival many, many moons ago. Oh, so that's been around for a while. Yeah, it's like not even in it's not even in circulation anymore. You cannot get it. <laughs> mm. But that's so I just decided to take that name and turn and use that name for the podcast. The purpose of the podcast is, why don't you tell us about that? So academic survival is me interviewing uh, freshmen, college freshmen, but then not just limiting it to college freshmen, also interviewing college students and former college students. But the whole purpose of it is to really um, help the college freshman who is perhaps feeling like they're in over their head or um, maybe wants to give up. But just basically giving them some tools like you can you can get past the first year. So the majority of students who do drop out of college do so in the first year. And so that's why I'm targeting college freshmen. And it was my hardest year in college. That first year, I wasn't sure that I was going to be able to make it, mm. sure mm. that I was going to survive it. And so and I did. And so that's why, like, my passion is like, hey, you know, for that college freshman, um, like, don't give up. Just stick it out. It will get easier. Well, you uh, you you've got a number of uh, interviews uh, completed now that are ready to be released as you you produce them, and I'm not sure what your pace is going to be. But I was able to listen to your first podcast, and it really it really was a wonderful conversation. This uh, 
um, this young woman who is uh, uh, she she really wants to get involved in law enforcement. She's got a, I think a dual major going in psychology, and and you really had a great way of just getting her to talk about her goals and what she's trying to do, and also some of the challenges that she's faced. And, mm-hmm. and I just thought that was such a powerful thing because like you, I just, I just really believe in education. I, I think it's so important. Um, but, uh, there are lots of barriers, a lot of key things that keep capable people from accomplishing what, what, uh, what would really be helpful to them and for yeah. their whole life. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my first episode, um, is with, with Amara Watson, the double major. Yes. Um, I have um, on future episodes, I have a Velmar Amador Langster, and she is at UC San Diego, and she is double double majoring as well, double majoring or has a major and a minor. Anyhow, but her story is really about um, uh, like emotional well-being, like Mm. her uh, just plugging through high school, plugging through to the extent where she didn't really make a lot of friends because she was so academically focused and her deciding that she was not going to be that type of student when she was in college, ah. that she wanted to be able to um, have friendships when she when she finished. And so her her first week of school was all about making sure that she established that friendships. And now that she has them, that she, you know, with like the extent, the extent to which it's helping her emotional well-being. Then I have... Um, a student, Daryl Horn, who is at Cal State Northridge, and he wants to be an entertainer. So he nice. has some really interesting words of wisdom. And he's really young. He started high school. He skipped a grade. So he is 17, I believe, 17 in high school, mm-hmm. in some sorry, 17 and in college. Then I've interviewed um, Nico Morales, who is an individual who's going to be talking about uh, substance abuse and oh, the role wow. that the journey that that took him on. Um, let's see, who else do I have? Um, oh, someone who started college as a freshman, realized that they was was in a business um, business school, wanting to become um, like a banker and realizing that this is not what I want to do. And so quitting school and starting all over, getting into the Berkeley School of Music. Wow. And, oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, I've known I've known several students from Berkeley. And that's okay. oh, wow. What a great accomplishment for him to have landed a place there. Yeah, yeah. So that's really cool. And it's actually quite a funny interview because part of the interview, so it's like totally show my ignorance. A part of the interview, I actually thought he was that Cal Berkeley. You thought it was I Cal Berkeley. He- I, you know, I made the same mistake. It's spelled differently. I think it's uh, B-E-R-K-L-E-E. Yes. But it's mm-hmm. one of the finest uh, music and arts schools in the country. And it's yes. such a fun, energy, high energy place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so good for I him. Really- yeah. So when I realized that, that's a funny episode, because when I realized that I was like, I need to phone a friend. And so I called up a friend who um, has a music background and I uh, allowed her to get in the chair with me and 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 kind of like share the interview. And nice. enough, she had also auditioned for Berkeley wow. School of Music and had gotten in. But um, for financial reasons, she couldn't she couldn't attend. Yeah, it's a so, it's a pricey school. Yeah, yeah. And then one last um, thing I want to mention is I have an interview coming up. I actually haven't conducted this one yet, but it'll be next week. I'm interviewing someone who um, got pregnant in college. Ah. And so we're going to talk about we're going to talk about that. And, um, you know, 
she she didn't have the baby while she was in college, but she had the baby afterward. But her senior year in college, she was pregnant. So I'm going to be able to talk about that story as well. So I really want to talk about, I want to bring stories um, that will um, talk about college life, like certain challenges that students will face. And I want them to, I want students to be able to hear from other students. Mm. And I also want them to hear from people who have walked and who have successfully completed that journey and are coming back to tell their stories in terms of how they did it. Nice. Well, I'm, I'm expecting, and I'm hoping that people who are listening to this right now are having the same experience I did when I spoke to you, because when I heard you kind of lay out your plan and your passion, you know, I, I thought of more than one or two people that I, that I thought, Oh man, they got to listen to this podcast and, uh, and, 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 and tap into what, Chandra is doing because, you know, it's one thing for a guy my age to, you know, give advice about what people ought to do and where they are. But, but for, like, I'm thinking of my own grandkids to sit down and listen to other 18, 19, 20 year olds talk in real terms about what they're experiencing as they go off to college, they sit in class, the new social context that, that they're in. Uh, I just think that is so powerful and so good. Chandra, I, I know uh, you've been on your own academic track, and I, I, I would like to uh, hear your story. Um, and I'm, I'm wondering, I mean, when you were young, was it just assumed that you were going to go off to college and you're going to be a big success? Uh, or, you know, how, what kind of support did you have around you? What, what was it like? I can see you laughing now. This is going to be good. Oh, my gosh. So I am the child of a mother who was one of two of her school's valedictorians, right? They had two of them. Mm. And um, and yet that was like academic achievement was not like that. That just was not part of my background. I struggled a lot academically, mm. um, particularly I struggled with reading. So you say, you're saying that your mother was, was an accomplished student and you knew that, yes. but yes. you just couldn't keep up. With maybe what what expectation was there on yourself, or maybe that she put on you? No, she didn't. My mom, my mom is was very easygoing. She didn't put um, a lot of demands on me one way or another. Just that you know that I listen and obey. You know, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but she didn't set expectations for me that were unattainable. She just kind of like let me figure things out on my own. You know, but she and, struggled particularly with reading. I did. I I struggled with reading. So what I what I do recall her telling me is, go back in your room and don't come out until you know how to spell those words. Mm, wow. <laughs> I remember. I remember that, and I remember. Um, yeah, I struggled a lot with reading, like really bad. And I have. Um, oh my gosh. I I I, sh- I have I have proof of what I'm getting ready to tell you, but I I, I won't show it to you now. So in the fourth grade, I got a D in reading mm. and you're nine years old and you're dealing with a D I'm dealing with a D in reading. And so, you know, some people might think that D stands for dummy, but mm. I knew I wasn't dumb. Mm. So I practice and I practice and I practice. And at the end of the year, I got a D plus. Wow. Wow. <laughs> right? Wow. 
So that's like what my journey looked like. And so now, you know, my, you know, some now the D stands for doctorate, certainly not coming, <laughs> but I can tell you that like I had a hard time reading and it wasn't until I was actually in my doctoral program that I learned why. Mm-hmm. So literally I went through so many years from fourth grade on, cause I never became, you know, I never became a great, a great reader. Not, like now I can read a lot. I mean, I could read really fast, but I won't, I won't be able to tell you what I read. Mm. So I have to really slow it down for comprehension. But I can tell you that had I not had that struggle with reading, um, I probably would not have come up with um, some of the solutions and strategies uh, that I eventually had to use in, in order to survive college. Cause that's really when, um, that's really when the, the struggle got, like I, if there was never a doubt for me that I was going to graduate from high school, like that was never a doubt. Um, my ability to read was never going to, was never going to hinder me from, from graduating from high school. But once I got into college, the pace and the volume of work, mm. I was like, I, in order for me to actually comprehend this, I have to slow it down. And I, I, I just, I didn't think I could do it. And so, um, it wasn't until I was in my, uh, doctoral program that, um, a friend of mine said something to me and, um, and that's when, um, so I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, he said to me, is something wrong with your eyes? I'm like, no, why? And so we had this dialogue and, um, little do you know, guess what? There was something wrong with my eyes. Oh. And so, um, and once it was diagnosed, it's called a vertical phoria. Once it was diagnosed and I went and read out about it, I was like, you kidding me? I've had this my whole life. That's why it's been a hard, it's been hard for me to read. It's been like, um, and so many of the, help, so help many us, of the, help us know that's, I mean, this is a breakthrough for you. Tell us what absolutely. vertical aphoria is. Did the I pronounce vertical, it? Vertical phoria. So, yeah. So it literally means that, um, one of your eyes, um, can either sit like higher than the other or be turn out more than the other. Either way, they, they'll call it a vertical phoria. And um, it just basically means that I slightly, for me, because it's slight, I slightly see double. Mm. So imagine trying to read and you're seeing double, but it, it wasn't registering to me that I was seeing double. So literally I could read a line of text. And then when it's time for you to jump down to the next line and read, I'll stay on the same line. Like I'll read the same line. Like like my eyes Mm -hmm. wouldn't track downward. And so, um, but no idea because if you test my vision, I can have 20, 20 vision. So this is, is this something that glasses can correct or? Um, Yes. So um, if, 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 if the, if it's understood that that's what needs. Yeah. If it's caught. So, so, but for me, it was never caught. Mm. So, um, but yeah, um, prisms, they'll, they'll give you glasses with a prism in it that will force ah, your eyes to, okay. to um, level out. And so when I, um, this is a funny story. So I was doing this, not funny, but I was doing this research on the um, Arab, Arab spring and um, there was a, 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 a female reporter who had lost one of her eyes and her, um, she had a patch over one of her eyes. She had lost one of her eyes through some explosion or something. And so um, she, she used to wear a patch over one of her eyes. And I was like, wow, that's really weird. You have two eyes for a reason. If you're going to function with just one eye, ideally it would be in the middle to help you <laughs> balance. Yes. Right. And I was like, but if it's not in the middle, if it's 
actually off to the side, then you would probably want to tilt your head like this and like that in order for it to be in the middle. I was like, oh, that's exactly what I do. There is something wrong with my eyes. Mm. so yeah when i when mm. i finally saw the doctor it was like a really breakthrough moment and i was all teary-eyed and he was just kind of like yeah like the doctor was just like yeah <laughs> yeah this is like this is this is minor well, it's not minor for me i mean my whole life i've been dealing with this issue <laughs> well let's so, anyway. t- let's talk about your, your track because uh when you got through with high school you went off to college uh yeah. where, where, where did you go I went to cal state long beach and what was your what was the major that you went Crim- after Criminal justice with an emphasis in corrections. So I wanted to be a probation officer. Interesting. Interesting. Now, how far did you get into the program? Did you stay with it all the way through the bachelor's degree? Yep. I knew, I knew when I, um, when I, when I was going off to college that I wanted to be a probation officer. There was a a small moment where I thought, "Mm, maybe I wanted to be an an interior designer. And um, I had a homework assignment in college, my freshman year, where we had to identify two two professions and then actually interview someone who was actually working in that field. So I had to interview a probation officer and I couldn't find an interior designer, but I found an interior decorator. <laughs> and, so I, and so I interviewed her. And after the two interviews, I was like, yeah, I definitely want to be a probation officer. And it was really, I think, a matter of the fact that the probation officer who I interviewed um, loved his job and the interior designer that I interviewed did not love her job. And so like in hindsight, I think that that was why um, one was better than the other, but I decided to just stick with um, the probation officer route. And, um, and yes, I stuck with criminal justice. Now, when I graduated, I didn't, that's not the path that I went on because I had another opportunity came up and, um, and that opportunity actually came up because of my grades Hmm. I had the grades that I needed in order to qualify for this position. And um, again, had I not um, developed strategies to survive college, but not just survive, but actually improve my grades along the way, um, because I was told that your freshman year in college is usually your best year. Mm. In terms of your GPA, because mm. each year as you start to take upper division courses, your um, they get a little tougher, and yes. so your GPA can start to slide. And so your freshman year is your best year, and um, and I was like, well, my freshman year was awful, <laughs> so if that was the best year, oh, I'm gonna have a rough road ahead. And uh, but I refused to accept that, and I I I and I think I you know one of the things that I that I like to tell people is to like let go of other people's expectations. Mm. And so the fact that this, um, that this person had said that um, your freshman year is going to be your best year. I was like, that can't be the case. And so it was that, it was that day that I said, you know what? I wonder what my GPA would be if I decided to get straight A's the rest of the way. (laughs) And, um, and I came very close to doing it. Wow. But, yeah. Well, what we know from what you've told us is that you didn't really learn about this, uh, this challenge you had from with based on, uh, on the condition of your eyes, uh, sure. that these four years that you spent as an undergraduate, you were, you were overcoming in spite of that, um, uh, uh, that limitation 
And, uh, you know, so as you look back and particularly now as you're, you're dealing with students who are becoming aware of their limitations, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you, you had it, but you didn't even know what it was uh, at the time. But, you know, how did you develop, uh, the disciplines that enabled you to go from a rough freshman year to, to almost straight A's as you pursued your, your, uh, your, your, uh, your focus? Yeah, well, one of the thing is that um, it, part of it was um, kind of like game on. Like I felt like it was a, like you, you can't tell me that like my freshman year is going to be was my best year. Like I don't, I don't accept that. Um, so part of it was um, was just basically the the challenge of it all. Um, and you know there is. Um, there is, so I remember reading, and I don't remember where, but I remember reading that um, one of the reasons why most people are not millionaires is because it never was their goal. <laughs> Having a goal um, is a, says a lot for your for your journey. And so anyhow, um, I just decided to make straight A's my, like get, getting straight A's a goal. I have no idea why I decided to do it, but I did. And, um, and, but once I did, I'd started making decisions that were consistent with that as a goal. Beautiful. And we're going to talk a little bit about that because, um, you, you, you talk in your book about, uh, and I'm calling it a distinction between at least the way we think a distinction between goals and development and developing yeah, uh, you know the the disciplines to achieve those goals, and we we uh-huh. want we want to get to that. But but you know before we do, let's just let's just uh, um, uh, go down this academic track that you went down. You you got your undergraduate degree. Um, you were determined to be a probation officer. Your major was criminal justice, but because of your grades, some doors opened for you that caused you to move on to something other than becoming a probation officer. Tell us about that and how you got to the doctorate. I just want to want to get okay. that get that out there for us to understand. Okay, so um so I was on I was on the track to I wanted to be like I said I wanted to be a probation officer and one of the routes to becoming a probation officer is uh well, at the time was to go through the um first work for the California Youth Authority. Mm. So I was testing with the California Youth Authority and I remember I had my agility test one morning and the the day before my agility test, I got an offer in the mail from, um, no, it was a, I can't remember if it was a phone call or, no, I think it was a phone call that um, from the FAA. And wow. so, yeah. Wow. So when The Federal I, Aviation Agency. Administration, Federal Aviation. Administration. Administ- so when I was, um, let's see, I had, I had already graduated from with my bachelor's and was working on my master's. And so you had started I, a master's program. I did I and started? And and what was that one? Public administration. Public administration. But here mm-hmm. comes the FAA and says we yeah. need you. And so, yes, we need you. No, actually, so I, um, I, the Career Development Center at Cal State Long Beach, um, the FAA was, um, had an announcement through the Career Development Center. And I ended up, um, listening to the announcement. It was an automated system. You used to have to call in and, and press one for part time, press two for full time. So I went through pressing the buttons and, um, I heard that there was this job with the FAA 
through their Outstanding Scholars Program, nice. you, had to have, you had to have a minimum GPA of a 3.5. Nice. And I did. And you did. Yeah. And that was Sweet. the only reason why I applied. I wasn't sure what the FAA even stood for. <laughs> I just knew that I'd qualify. And I was like, how neat would it be to apply for a job that not everyone is going to be able to qualify for? Mm. So, um, and so, yeah, so I applied for the job. And um, went on the interview. Oh, my gosh. The longest interview ever. <laughs> I want to say it was about two hours. It was a panel uh, panel interview where they put me in one room. And um, I was interviewed by, like, a panel of two people. Then I went to the next room, a panel of two people. Then the next room, a panel of two people. And then the next station was a writing assessment. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It was pretty It was pretty intense. Wow. So – uh, the doors just opened up for you. So let's let's just talk about how you ended up getting hired. It sounds like uh, by, mm-hmm. by the FAA. How did yeah. you end up getting your doctorate? Let's let's go to that. Okay, so um, <laughs> this is and this is funny. So I um, I ended up. I, I realized that there was a lot that I learned along the way that allowed my me to improve my grades. And so I was like, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to call it Academic Survival, Simple Strategies for Improving Your Grades. That's where the book came from. Nice. That's where the book came from. Simple Strategies for Improving Your Grades. And as I was putting my name on the cover, I was like, is anybody going to take advice from me if I don't have doctor in front of my name? Mm. Mm. Because um, it's an academic book, Right. Right. And most of your professors, like in academia, that's a big deal, right? And so I was like, well, will any students, like, do I do I have the credibility? Like, I have the grades, but do I have the credibility? And that's, mm. that's just part of my makeup in terms of always feeling like I'm not um, adequate enough. Like, always like, I got to do more, I got to do more. And so, um, and so I was like, I, uh, it doesn't say doctor, it doesn't say, yeah. So, um, and so... That was in 2000 and, oh, I don't know how long ago it was, but it was a long time. So I want to say at maybe at least 10 or 14, anywhere from 10 to 14 years passed before I decided to go back to school, but it just, the itch wouldn't go away. Got it. Got it. So what was the, what was the program you entered into? What? So I, I entered into, uh, uh, got a, I have a doctorate in public administration, but let me tell you, I was not going to go the public administration route. I was actually trying to go to Talbot. Can you believe <laughs> oh, that? Oh, yes, yes. I can. I can. I, I wanted to go to Talbot. I was like, I'm going to get a doctorate in, um, in, I don't even know what it was. Theology, like, Bible. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was yes. and, and And then, so I started the process of applying for the school and, um, and because my master, like none of my, like my master's work, my, my, um, my bachelor's work, none of it is in the area of like biblical scholar theology. Like none of it is in that area. So I was going to have to do all these prereqs. I was like, I am not about to get another master's degree just so that I can get a, a doctorate. That's not going to happen. So I decided to um, like look at where I, where I went. Oh, and one of, um, I remember my dad's wife had said, well, why don't you get a, 
doctorate in public administration. I was like, is that a thing? I didn't know. I didn't know, I didn't know it was a degree. So I, um, so I jumped on, I jumped on the Google machine and found, um, and found a doctoral program in public administration at the University of Laverne. And so that's where I ended up going. I applied there and, um, went through the interview and got accepted and, uh, and I started that program in 2010 is when I started that program. Well, it would be fun to explore, you know, all the particulars of what you had to do to 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 land that uh, that doctorate that enables us now to uh, to put that doctor on the front of that book. Um, but um, you know, I want to I want to jump in a little bit to you know what what you're doing with this podcast. So let's let's switch to that a little bit, and and, and let's start with uh, identifying some of the challenges that you see facing. 18, 19, 20-year-olds now as they think about uh, a college career? What what are some of the things you see uh, them facing as as barriers and bound, you know, boundaries that need to be overcome? Well, um, so a couple of things. One is um, a big barrier is financial. Mm-hmm. It's it's, you know, it's expensive to go to college. So that's, that's a, a barrier, um, a hurdle. There's another one, which is just the academic rigor, like to go from high school to college. Um, we treat college freshmen as though they're adults. And I remember I read an article very recently um, and it was about it was dealing with mental health, the mental health that the mental health challenges that um, college freshmen face. And um, and they said that the difference between a high school senior and a college freshman is three months. Mm. Like we're yes. expecting Think about like, it. Oh, Think about now, it. now you're, now you're an adult. Like now. Yes. You're, and it's, it's just three months. Mm. So we're expecting them to have it all together. And, um, and, and they don't. Mm. So part of it is, uh, you know, are, how prepared are they given their high school experience? Have they been really, um, yep. re- really given, you know, the, the tools to be able to achieve. Yeah. And, and, you know, and we know that not all high schools are created equally, right? Mm. You know, your high school is going to, the quality of the, of the high school education that you have in many cases is based upon the neighborhood, right? That's mm. why people are, people are looking for a house. They're like, I want to, I want a house in a neighborhood with a good school, with a, with, with the good, you know, what's the school district, right? Yes. So, um, and so, yeah, there's, um, so there's that. And so you have some students who leave high school very much prepared, like some some of the students that I did interview had a couple of students who um, entered high school, sorry, entered college with so many, like over a semester worth, semester's worth of credits because of the AP classes that they were able to take in high school. But what if your high school doesn't have AP classes? Right, right. Like my, my high school had one AP class. Wow. That's it history and i took it and i couldn't hang i was like i gotta get out of here mm, mm. <laughs> i could not hang i think i got a c <laughs> the c the first after the first semester and i was like i need to be put in a regular history class please <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so, so so being prepared and then once we're on campus uh it involves a whole lot of things and uh gosh this this has been so good i've I'm seeing, I'm seeing the clock. We got, I got to respect your time, but I do want to get in 
uh, Chandra, you know, one of the key ideas, one of the key concepts in your book that kind of speaks to what we're talking about here. Uh-huh. And you, you, you call it the academic self-discipline system and self for you is kind of like an acronym for four yes. stages and four parts yes. to the process. Yes. Um, and I, and I love the first one. The first one is you got to learn to speak up. Did talk to that one first. Yes. So, um, so fortunately for me, uh, learning to speak up was uh, something that came very easy for me, but I had to, well, I shouldn't say it came very easy to me. I had to channel it the right way because mm. mm. I, you know, speak up is a lot different from talk back. And I, I kind of had a mouth on me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, t- I, tell us the difference. What's the difference between I, I was, I was speaking like, up and talking back? Oh yeah. I used to give teachers a rough time when I was, especially in junior high school. Oh my gosh. Um, just, I just always had something to say, uh, just mouthy. Um, and, um, in some cases, um, disrespectful, um, but primarily because I had felt disrespected. Mm. Um, but so getting, so now for me, so, so learning to speak up and speaking up in a way where you're advocating for yourself. So for me, what happened was um, because of my uh, poor math test-taking skills, <laughs> um, I didn't have the kind of math classes that I, I needed in order to go to college. Mm. And so when I got to high school, um, I, I was not put in college prep math. And, um, and so the second year of high school, I was still not put in college prep math. And so the, the third year of high school, I was putting some, some other class that was going to take me two years to have what be, would be equivalent of one year, the first year of college prep math. And I was like, this is not going to work. So I ended up speaking with um, a, a counselor. I found a counselor, not my assigned counselor, but a counselor that I knew was going to, um, to who's mostly known for being like a, an advocate. And I asked him, I was like, I, I need to be put in college prep math i need i need at least i need algebra i need algebra one like i'm trying to get into college i will not get in if i like i'm gonna be behind as it is but the track that you that you guys have placed me on i'm only gonna have one year of college prep math i can't get into college with that Hmm. and so um just speaking up for myself recognizing that like i have a goal and that the, the path that i'm currently on is not taking me in the right direction or is not taking me there fast enough. So I had to speak up. And part of being able to speak up is have to have a goal. Cause what are you, what, what are you speaking up about? Right. Yeah. So you have to have a goal. Yeah. So and, I hear you. I hear you saying that um, if you've got a goal and you know what you want, you, you need to kind of learn enough to find out what it's going to take, but also understand that even a guidance counselor or a teacher or someone who supposedly has your best uh, I, I, your your well being in mind may not necessarily even know what you need. You may need to be able to say, "This is what I need to do." You need to help me get that. Yes, especially if you're in a like for me, my high school. Especially if you're in a high school where it's not a a, a rigorous like it's not rigorous, it's, and it's not necessarily a college prep, you know, school. Um, and so if the teachers don't know, if the, if the guidance counselors don't, are not aware that that's what your goal is, then, then it's going to be that much harder for you, for, for, for you to, to get there without speaking up. And so, 
Um, so that's, so that's one thing, but also I can also speak, I can also share with you speaking up in the context of once I was in college, um, I still had to speak up. Um, I remember having a class where, um, there was an assignment, it was a criminal justice class and there was an assignment and, um, I went to go speak to the professor during his office hours about this assignment. Oh my gosh. He told me so much information mm. about his expectations of, of that assignment that were no, was nowhere, nowhere in the syllabus. Like there, there wasn't a rubric for it. There was just it's like, how, how else would I have known that this is what you wanted? Mm. Had I not gone to the, his office to actually tell him. And so, um, so that's so so that's speaking up in a way that's just making your presence known and 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 um, get to get to know the teacher, get to know get to know the counselors, get to know who they are. You know, there's one other uh, thing you you talk about endurance, which I think is just so critical. Is the you know the the awareness that you're just going to have to stick to it for a while. You're just going to have to do that. Uh, but then mm-hmm. the one more thing I want to talk about before we wrap up is uh, you talk about letting go. What what do you, what do you mean when you say let go? So S in self is speak up. E is endurance. L is let go. Let's let go, and the F stands for focus. Well, letting go for me that was remember when I shared with you the uh, expectation where this where this uh, it was actually a teacher's aide who was who said that um, your freshman year is your best year, mm, and yes. uh, that is downhill. And it's like not accepting that, like letting that go. And also letting go for me of this, um, this struggling freshman image that I had that was real, right? But, um, having to like let that go and redefine, um, what, what being a student was going to look like for me. So literally I was like, I had straight A's, um, like on post-its, like around the house, like any, like any kind of like positive affirmation. Like I had stuff all over the place. And then I was, like, I did everything I could. I had homework with me all the time. I had flashcards. I like, I just literally had to like immerse myself in studying because that's what it took for me. Mm. Because remember, I wasn't a fast reader. Right. And so that also looked like was, you know, I had a job like after my freshman year in college, I got a job during the summer. And then when school was back in session, I tried, I tried to keep that job and do school at the same time. And for me, I couldn't mm. because it was taking everything that I had to stay on top of the homework assignments. So, and so letting that go. Yeah. So when we jump into that arena, uh, we're pretty soon going to find out that there are things that we think about ourselves, things that we believe about ourselves expectations that we have that are really standing in the way of us accomplishing what we're there to accomplish. And we, we just got to figure out how to let it go. Chandra, this has been such a great conversation. Um, I love this. I'm so excited about what you're doing and, and even listening to your podcast, it really helps me understand where all this can go. And I've already got some ideas of people that I'd like to have to, to get to know you, to, to help, get over some of those, uh, those difficulties. And, and when I just think about the students that you have already helped in your life and the ones in the future who will be helped to, to achieve these things, I, I get pretty excited with you. Tell us how we can find you. How can, how can people 
get hold of you and and learn more about what you do and about the podcast. Tell us how to get hold of, get get through to all of that. Okay, so there's a couple of ways. So um, if you want to hear the podcast, you can go to academicsurvival.com. And um, yeah, that's where the podcast is, um, is, 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 I don't know. How do I say that? That's where the, that's where the podcast is. Academicsurvival.com. You'll have to edit that. And I have to tell, I have to tell everybody um, your book, which is a little book. It's entitled um, how to improve academic self-discipline so that you can, yes, go for it. So you can avoid feeling overwhelmed. It's right there on the, on the, on the website. so academicsurvival.com is where the where the podcast is. Yep. Now, I also do um like training, uh coaching and that is on chandralmcdonald.com. Now, both websites talk to each other. So there's links you can get from one side one, one to the other. Yep. So um but on that one is where people can download that free PDF on um on the self-discipline. That's right. It's right there. I was able to download mine, and um, uh, I'm passing. I'm going to pass it around. It's, it's just great stuff. Well, uh, I can't commend you and your work more than uh, than we are right here. And thank you so much for Chandra, uh, Chandra, for taking time with the Beached White Mail here on the Beached White Mail podcast. Oh, Mike, can I say one more thing? Yes. About, on um on academicsurvival.com, if you go to that website, there is a little microphone on website and people if they if they press that little microphone they could actually leave send me a voice message oh so you know what i see it i've got it right in front of me that's a great little feature yeah, so um people can just leave a little message um give me some ideas and what you might want to what you might want to hear um for academic survival because i am open to um i'm open to filling filling requests because at the end of the day the show really isn't about me it's about you nice nicely put thank you so much chandra you have a great rest of the day and we'll look forward to talking again before long thank you thank you it was great being here all right take care bye-bye ah thank you so much chandra you've got such a great story and we're going to make sure that people know how to get through to you on your websites to download your book and maybe even engage you as a coach. All right, then, that's a wrap for season four and episode two. Dr. Chandra McDonald, Academic Survival. So glad you joined us today. I especially want to extend a warm welcome to you who are with us for the very first time. Glad you're here. You can learn all about us at my website, thebeachedwhitemail.com, and I'd love to hear from you. Not just you, but our regulars, too. You can reach me at KenK at thebeachedwhitemail.com. And know that you can find us on all of your podcast platforms. Just do a search, Beached White Mail. You'll find us. And when you get there, subscribe. Love for you to leave a comment and a rating. Most of you listen on Apple Podcasts, but we've got others on Spotify, Amazon, and all the others, too. Know that you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Facebook, Beached White Mail, and Twitter, at Beached Mail. Hey, I want to say thank you to Ben Sound for our soundtrack today. And know that there's lots more coming. So stay tuned and watch for those alerts. 
So until next time, this is Ken Kemp, the beached white male, saying, stay strong, keep healthy, and stay curious. Bye-bye.